So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTFF, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening if you're joining us live. If not, hello to everyone whenever you are listening to us. We've got a great show for you this evening. We're talking a little contender or pretender, whether to tell if you are in it for the championship or not, and then maybe some moves you should be making to push yourself into that championship caliber level. But before we get into that, Got to say hi to my co-host, Jake Trowbridge. Hello. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm feeling slightly reinvigorated. We took a week off last week, mm-hmm. uh, as eagle-eared listeners obviously know, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, you know just do a nice little reset. So I'm feeling feeling a little better here, and I'm feeling like the NFL has got a bit of uh, of dynasty fever. If you noticed all of the, if you're listening live, then today was Trade-A-Palooza mm-hmm. in the NFL. Uh, not maybe all of the movies we wanted to see, but quite an interesting array of trades. So how are you feeling about, uh, Did you A, I guess, have you gotten to track all of these trades? If not, don't worry, by the way. I have them in our show <laughs> sheet for you. Yeah, I've I've loosely kept track of them as they kind of popped up my on my phone at work. I'd be like, oh, another trade. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, we took the week off last week. That was, uh, that was nice. It was, it was our own bye week of the NFL. Now we're back. We were rested up. We're healed up, ready to go for the rest of the season here. Uh, that's how I like to envision uh, us taking the week off last week. But yeah, the trades, um, I love that in the last, you know, what, five years or so, there's just been like the week leading up to the trade deadline and at the trade deadline, there's just a flurry of trades happening now. I fucking love it. It makes it so exciting. It does. It does. And I want to go through these with you here and kind of get your interest on the fantasy impact of some mm-hmm. of these. Not, I mean, we're talking contenders and pretenders, and part of what goes into this is maybe making trades, and you might want to be trading for these players, trading mm-hmm. these players away in redraft and dynasty. I want to start with a couple that we missed last week. These were a little bit earlier on in the process. They didn't wait until the trade deadline to jump out, but James Robinson ends up going to the Jets after Brees Hall's season is basically finished. Mm -hmm. So we, as the Travis Etienne fan club on this show, I think just have to be thrilled, right? How excited are you for Etienne? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wheels up for Etienne, as we saw this past week. If you got up early and watched the London game, he was electric and looked every part that first round pick that he was. Uh, so I think, yeah, rest of the season, it's like wheels up for ETN. He's healthy. Uh, James Robinson was the biggest barrier to him really having that breakout season. So now that Robinson's gone, wheels up. Let's do it. Do you like James Robinson himself now? I mean, we talked about Robinson kind of fading into the background just a little bit more in the Jags offense the last couple of weeks that he was there. Now he's, I mean, people are saying he's taking the Brees Hall role. I don't think that is quite what is really happening, but what do you think about his fantasy production, you know, going forward with the Jets? Yeah, I 
think it's going to be a 1A, 1B situation there in New York where James Robinson's going to take the early down work, that first, second down work, and Carter will take more of the passing down work. Not that either of them can't do the other one of those jobs, but if they thought Michael Carter was the guy that could be a three down back, they wouldn't have had to trade for someone like James Robinson, who has been a very good back on his own. They would have just picked up some jag off the waiver wire, uh, picked up, you know, promoted someone from the practice squad, something like that. But they traded for someone that has been a top 10 RB in previous seasons. So obviously they think that Michael Carter can't handle the load. So it's going to be a 1A, 1B. I think uh, Michael Carter will be, not Michael Carter, James Robinson will be useful uh, week to week. But I think his ceiling is capped as far as his fantasy production. Uh, And if I were to pick uh, one of the two backs in that backfield, I would probably go for Michael Carter just because he is probably going to get more of that receiving work. Yeah, I like that too. Carter got a good chunk. Even when Brees Hall was there, there was a couple of standout games for him. So I like Michael Carter definitely a lot more with James Robinson there than I did with Brees Hall there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm very interested in him as like a, an RB2 on most weeks. James Robinson, I think, will... He'll be fine. I think he'll just yeah. be fine, though. Yeah, it'll be a good bye week fill in, good floor play if yeah. you need it. Like it's, it's not going to be exciting or sexy. But I think he's got a clearer path to fantasy relevance there than he did if he stuck around Jacksonville. And right. I think the same could be said of this other guy, Kadarius Tony, who is traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. So he was not available. Not healthy ever with the Giants. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was like really not healthy or if that was a Michael Thomas, Will Fuller sort of not healthy, wink, wink. So maybe he just needed a change of scenery. Are you like people are stoked about Kadarius Tony with Kansas City. Are you thinking he's going to break the hell out? I think a new change of scenery for him is exactly what he needed. It's what the Giants needed. Obviously, there was something else going on there that we don't know about because when we saw him play last year, he really showed out in spurts and showed why the Giants used that draft capital on him. But for whatever reason, yeah, injuries were there, but there there, there has to be something more going on because you just don't give up on a high draft pick like that. and and get rid of them the following year, unless there's something more going on there. So change of scenery will do him good. I am still lukewarm on him going to Kansas City because he's not like the Tyreek burner. You know, he doesn't have that speed. Uh, and and they have a bunch of other guys. What you know, I think what they're missing on that team is that speedster guy that can just take one to the house at any given moment. And I don't know that Tony's that guy. But it adds another pass catcher. Obviously, they're looking for people that can be more consistent for them in that offense. Where like Juju, Boy, I'm terrified if they think he's going to be the consistent guy. In that offense. I know, no. but it's like you know, Juju. Yeah, he had a week here, week there. Uh, MVS has flashed a little bit. Nicole Hardman had his three touchdown week. Like, like you know, they haven't found the one guy that they can really scheme into that offense week in and week out, other than Kelsey. So maybe this is where Tony 
you know, he'll have his fit there and Andy Reid will be able to use him. I, I'm very tepid on it right now. I, I, I mean, let's put it this way. I'm not going to go out and trade for him and, and pay some exorbitant amount just because he went to the Chiefs in a high-powered offense. I, I would rather pay the additional tax later on once he shows out and, and shows me it for a few weeks rather than pay for it now. Let's say hypothetically then, this would be a nice like tease towards our uh, our main segment here. If you have Kadarius Tony and you are on a uh, contender right now, let's say in Dynasty, and somebody offers you uh, a second round pick. No, let's say the opposite. You're not a contender and they offer you a second round pick because they are a contender and they, they believe in Tony. Are you trading them away for that? Yes. Okay. For a second, yeah. Yeah. All right. But that, fair, that, that seems like a good. Especially yeah. with this twenty-three class. If it was yeah, maybe pushed out to fair. twenty-four, I might ask for like a third on top of it, or try to get maybe a another player that maybe is injured that isn't scoring them points that they would just want off their roster. But yeah, I, I would take a second. I would I would do that easily, especially if I'm not a contender. Perhaps talking I'd, about guys who aren't going to do. Uh, points for you, by the way. I, I just want to run through these other ones pretty quick, but mm-hmm. you know there is this slew of trades. One that was pretty interesting: Calvin Ridley goes to yeah. the Jaguars. Obviously, for this year, that means nothing mm-hmm. because he's suspended for the rest of the season. But, but oh man, do I year. love it for next year! I mean, playing with Trevor Lawrence in that ascending offense, Calvin Ridley is a stud. I, I yeah. mean, I, I, I mean. I love it. I love that move for the Jags, and it's only going to increase my love for this offense uh, <laughs> as time goes on here. I don't even know how that's possible. But I know. God damn it, they found a way. Congratulations, Jacksonville. And then, you know, TJ Hawkinson goes to Minnesota in a rare intradivisional trade, mm-hmm. uh, which is just frustrating for us Packers fans who sat by the sidelines again and were not actively participating. Uh, The Bears also got richer. Chase Claypool got traded from the Steelers to the Bears. So, holy crap. Uh, Chase Edmonds goes to the Broncos. Jeff Wilson goes to Miami to join another Mm -hmm. former 49er in Raheem Mostert. Mm -hmm. So, the coaching staff definitely had some favorites there that he wanted to bring back over from his days in in, uh, SF. And then this is one I want to ask you about. This is a very strange one. So Naeem Hines goes to Buffalo, who was already kind of chock-blocked with with running backs. They had Devin Singletary. They had rookie James Cook. They had Zach Moss, who was just kind of failing out anyways. Zach Moss actually got traded to the Colts as part of this whole thing. So do you actually think that Naeem Hines is going to be a thing in Buffalo? Is that what we're thinking? Do I think he's going to be a thing? No. I think he'll have pretty well the same role that he had in Indianapolis, more of a third down pass catching back. I just don't think maybe that Buffalo trusts either of those guys that they had slash have to be pass catchers. Mm -hmm. So I think that was more of that move just to give them an option on those obvious passing third downs where they didn't think Zach Moss could be that guy. Zach Moss. uh, It it was weird. One of those weird trades that you see in dynasty where it's like, okay, position for (laughs) position. Plus maybe mm-hmm. something a little extra on one side to make it work. Like it's just kind of a eh. Yeah. Uh, it was like I, a I, fifth I, and sixth round swap or something like that yeah, was the rest of the trade. It was very strange. I mean, it it's fine. I I think 
it doesn't change much for Hines. Um, Zach Moss, obviously, uh, stocked down because you're sitting behind JT. JT can catch the ball, so I don't see much for him. But for Hines, I mean, in theory, not in theory, he isn't a better offense. So, I mean, he could have bigger games just due to that fact. But, yeah, it's kind of whatever. It doesn't move the needle one way or the other on either player for me a whole lot where I'm not going to be trading for one or the other. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love the Calvin Ridley trade. Obviously, um, Atlanta didn't want to have to pay a salary for him with a guy that's already been suspended for a year. So I think that was them kind of getting out on Calvin Ridley when he's still under his rookie contract where yeah. Jacksonville is now going to have to pay him. Obviously, Atlanta's in like full rebuild right now. Not that Kelvin really was old or anything, but it's like, let's save the salary so we can, you know, focus on some other areas, maybe revamp the defense or something. Who knows what they're thinking there? But um, yeah, love that for Jacksonville. Uh, Jeff Wilson, obviously, he was expendable for the Niners with McCaffrey coming into town. So yeah, goes uh, with his old coach and old teammate there in Miami. Edmonds to Denver, not a surprise there. They needed help <laughs> after Javante went down. bringing in the most mediocre running backs to I fill know. in to try to make this happen. Instead of going all in on a running back, they're just True. like, well, we're going to bring in Latavius Murray. We're going to bring in, um, was it Philip Lindsay? No. Mm-hmm. Who, the, who the hell else did they bring in? Uh, Mike, equally- Mike Boone. Yeah, Mike Boone was always there. I feel like there's another guy, too. Anyways, it's just this yeah, weird it cavalcade. Melvin Gordon's hanging around. They didn't trade him away. So I don't know what the hell's going on. It makes me not want to start a single one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Now, the most, I mean, the most interesting one is Hawkinson going to Minnesota. Yeah, I think, obviously, Minnesota had a need with Irv Smith going down for the essentially the rest of the season here. Um, but I also think two Hawkinson's on the last year of his deal or maybe going into his fifth year option. So maybe there was a salary component to that too, where the lines are still rebuilding, didn't want to commit salary to the tight end position. I don't know, but I do like that for Minnesota uh, for real football. I mean, that, yeah. that's a good move for them. Uh, and it definitely can't hurt Hawkinson at this point. Maybe he'll actually get some more passes his way because it is a bit more of a high powered offense. I I don't know. I mean, uh, I get, they just don't, they aren't an offense that targets their tight end super heavy because why would you, when you have Justin Jefferson and you right. have Adam Thielen and even KJ Osborne, who's very good. So I'm a little bit nervous about how many targets he's going to see. I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll make a point of it, especially because it was an interdivision trade. Right. Like especially this first, him week. first week. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then um, Claypool going to the Bears. I mean, I actually like that for the Bears. They needed more offensive weapons. They've got a young guy that has flashed. Um, and it gives a good complimentary piece there to Darnell Mooney on the other side. So I think one of the biggest complaints for Bears fans was like, what they drafted Velas Jones, who was like 30 years old already. Like, you know, they didn't really do anything to help Justin Fields in that offense mm-hmm. uh, out, outside of having Darnell Mooney. So I think this was a good move for them. And they're trying to get some solid talent around him mm-hmm. to see what they've really got in Fields, especially if, how he's played the last couple weeks. 
uh, and kind of let him run his game. So I actually do like that uh, for real NFL for the Bears. I think that was a good move for them. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how Claypool fits into that offense. I love it for Darnell Mooney. Can I tell you, I might actually be a little bit excited for Mooney again. Because I feel, unfairly, this was assessed maybe a little bit towards Juju Smith-Schuster in his days. of like He can't be a number one guy without somebody right. equally good or better on the opposite side. And I feel like that is exactly true for Darnell Mooney. Like, I, I think it's actually fair to say about mm-hmm. him. So, I don't know. He might actually do something. Uh, I'm not scrambling to, like, pick him up off waivers and redraft, but I'll be keeping an eye on him. Well, you, you don't want to pick him up again in our home league after you dropped him already? It. You know my rule. I can't. <laughs> I dropped him. I refuse to add him back on my roster. And that's just going to blow up on my face, I'm sure. I do love it for... Uh, Justin Fields, mm-hmm. and I love the Hawkinson trade for Kirk Cousins as well. Mm-hmm. So I think those guys both get a boost, in uh, especially in the short term. Yeah. Now, do you would you say or is it? How do you feel about Hawkinson versus Irv Smith? Do you think Hawkinson is a better talent than Irv Smith? I know Hawkinson has a draft capital over Irv Smith, but there's always you know for the last three or four years has been hype about Irv Smith. Like he's the next guy that's going to take the jump. And, you know, he has all this athletic ability and he's in this good offense, uh, you know, but it's just yeah. never really materialized. And I know you said they don't really funnel a lot of the offense through the tight end, but maybe it's because Irv Smith wasn't that good a player. So, it's, I mean, I mean, I mean, would you say that Hawkinson? Yes. Is a better uh, tight end than, than Irv Smith? Yeah, 100%. I I at least feel confident because I've been on record always questioning like the Irv Smith love. I, I've never gotten, I've never understood it, Mr. Scampers <laughs> in the chat, Dante Pettis and <laughs> Equinamiani. I love that. That is, that is just terrific, oh. Scampers. Thank you for that. That is great. Wow, that was fantastic. <laughs> uh, they are hurt by that comment. But no, I, I, it's an immediate upgrade, Hawkinson over mm-hmm. Smith. I also think maybe they just didn't really like Irv Smith. And that, yeah. even if he hadn't gotten injured, I think this move could have been on the table for them to trade for somebody like Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think he's way better. I still think it's like Kyle Rudolph is pretty much his range of outcomes. And Kyle Rudolph was never a great fantasy asset. Good for NFL, not right. great for fantasy. So it's kind well, of where I'm stuck with him. I hope not for uh, my dynasty team's sake because I have Hawkinson and I think this move is going to be good for him. At least I'm hopeful. Um, Hey, at least now you don't have five different Detroit Lions players on that same lineup because now one of them plays for Minnesota. So you've got that. I do have that going for me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, I think that's good for the... uh... That's enough trade, trade talk, huh? That was, that was fun. And th- that's going to double, by the way, listeners, that's our drunk trade of the week because we don't have one. So send in your drunk trades to us, please. please. So we can talk about them, mock them, uh, maybe even give you some flowers. Not real flowers, but just like, you know, it's an expression of like, good job. We'll yeah. Maybe that. Uh, I'll, you know, um, I'm just a little peek behind the curtain. I'm going to be on vacation next week. Jake will be running the show solo. Hopefully we'll have a guest on. That's the plan. But maybe uh, as I'm uh, on vacation, I'll uh, make some drunk trades and, and provide some fodder for the podcast yes. in coming weeks. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that and see what I can do. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs>
So we never we just went right into the trades and really got the talk going, but we never talked about what we're drinking this week. Damn it, that's on me, really. I think that's my You were so excited about the trades, you're just like, we gotta talk about it. So, Jake, what are you drinking? Let's let's get into it. I am drinking a uh, from Carbon Four, a local Madison, one of my favorite places. It's called a Moo Moo Brew Brew. It's a farmhouse cream ale, and it is delightful. What are you drinking, Dustin? I am drinking a local brew as well from a beer or a company we featured many times on the show, Youngblood Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is called Box of Deception. It is a milk stout with cacao, marshmallow, and hazelnut. Did you say milk steak? I said milk steak. steak. Yeah, it's okay. a milk steak. Yep. Cool. Charlie yep. Day's favorite. Yeah, they got it right in the can. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, a delicious beer. It's a, it's a great as today's not a great example because it was like 70 degrees here in Madison, sure. uh, which is crazy for the first of November. But um, it is a great like fall winter beer here. I hope they keep it in their rotation because I would drink this all the time. Absolutely. Well, Keep it on on tap because uh, you know it's going to be like four days before it's winter time. So yeah, this is true. This is true. So um, as you all know, we didn't have a show last week, but that doesn't mean we don't talk about our beer bet from a couple weeks ago. Uh, we got to hold ourselves accountable here, and let's be honest, I'm not going to take an opportunity to talk about when I win something and <laughs> uh, just blow that off. So yeah, we had our beer bet uh, two weeks ago. If you would all recall. It was Derek Carr versus David Mills in PPR points. Uh, Jake took Derek Carr. And in this week, week seven, Davis Mills was QB six overall with 19.1 points. And Derek Carr was QB 16. Wow. 13 and a half points. I thought I won this one walking away, man. Nope. Turns out I did. (laughs) You sure did. You sure did. And because of that, I have to say that you are, don't do the thing. Don't do the thing with the hands under the chin. I can't take you seriously like that. That's worse. I think that's worse (laughs) uh, with the hands on the cheeks. But Dustin, regardless of whatever you're doing with your hands right now, you are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Cheers. Thank you. Woo! I go out there. And I'm uh, throwing down some Patty's Old Irish Whiskey. Oh, nice. That was my shot of choice. I was just going to ask what that was. So, Yeah, it's nice. not good. It's not fireball good. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, let's be honest. Nothing is fireball good. Like, come on. that That is the gold standard of cheap shots. Hashtag should be a sponsor. Call yes. us. Please sponsor us. Fireball? God damn. <laughs> what do we got to do? I know. All right, should we get into our, our main event here and, and what we're talking about, whether we are contenders or pretenders in your Let's league? Do it. You betcha. So, Jake, what are some of the things that you look for when you're evaluating your team, whether it's redraft or dynasty? Because we can talk both here. Uh, what are some of the things that you're looking at? You know, we're midway, essentially midway through the season here at this point. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you feel? Or how do you evaluate your team if you're contending and you're you're truly like making that real decision? Like, I got to be honest with myself, got to have the real talk, look in the mirror, mm-hmm. look, look at me and have that talk. Like, is my team going for the championship? You know, am I going to make the playoffs? Um, 
or or not? Or is this just a lost season? So so what are some of the things that you look for? Wait, are you are you asking me if I should believe it? <laughs> or not. Had to bring Sorry, those I just back found those sitting in there still from a couple of weeks ago, so I had to work them in. But no, yeah, if you were looking at your team and honestly asking yourself if you believe that you are a contender or not, then do not look at your record. I want to say that again. Do not look at your record because the record is not the end-all, be-all of this. As most leagues do, you are playing head-to-head against one other person in a given week unless you have some sort of all-play scoring setup or, you know, a median points that you have to beat every week to get victories, whatever. There's, there's ways that make it interesting and a little bit more level. But the Garden Variety League, it's just you head-to-head with somebody else. There's a lot of luck that comes into play with this sometimes, and it can go either way. You could have the second-highest score of the week, multiple weeks in a row, but you happen to be playing against the person who got the highest score that week. Your record sucks. Your record absolutely sucks at that point. And that's not my situation, by the way. I just want to be clear. I I don't get the benefit of that. My teams are actually just bad, bad. But I know that because I look at the actual points for. So every league has this option, even the worst types of formats, your ESPNs, your NFL.coms. You can look and see what everybody's total points for is. Use that as your basic jumping off point. See where you are in that range. If you're even close to the top, you know, if you're in hell, if you're 10 points away from being inside the top eight, you've still got a real chance at this point. If you are super, super low down on that points for list, though, and your record's decent, you don't get to just coast. So then you have to make the hard decisions. In redraft, I think it's much more transparent. We can just go, look, I haven't been scoring a lot of points, but I've been getting lucky. Who do I need to trade for? Find the teams who are getting no wins, as good as they might be, and try to trade for a real piece off of there that's, you know, not some random streamer. That's somebody who's been underperforming, whatever. But yeah, Dustin, for me, it's like avoid that record that that you cannot just focus on that. I think a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a big one. Um, I, I like to look at that, too. I know we've talked about um, or I've talked about to you, you know, one of my dynasty teams where it's like, I literally have been going up against the best one, one of the teams that scores the highest scores every single week. And I'm sitting at like 500 on a team. I thought I was going to run the league on this year. Like my team is Mm -hmm. pretty stacked. Uh, So it's, yeah, it's hard to look at that. Um, You know, one thing I like to look at is like an all play record. um, Just because that tells you like, okay, if I played every team every single week, this would be my overall record. And if you've got a great all play record where you're so far over 500, but, or, you know, you're in the top three, but you're sitting, you know, at 500, say it's like, okay, you've just run up against the gauntlet of players that are just playing out of their ass. They get the high score that week. It ha- that's the natural variance of fantasy football. Like you can't help that. Yeah. Obviously you're still setting great lineups because you would have beaten pretty much every other team on any given week. 
just just stay the course then at that point because you're bound to get as we like to say in the industry positive regression where um, things will we start don't breaking like to your say way. That. Well, we don't no. like to say that. Okay. People do. I said we as the royal <laughs> we here. Uh, you know, I know right. we don't like to say it, but 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 that is true though. It's like at some point you would hope that it's going to happen where your team will start winning and, and you'll get the better beat rather than having these players just jump you every single week. Unless you're like yeah. Andy in our home league of a few years ago, where literally every week he got beat uh, by a high score, which it does happen, but then it's just like, it well, happens. that that's just how it goes. But, but even in those situations, especially in redraft, because I do want to focus on that mm-hmm. of saying, your team is not your record in that situation. Don't go making drastic moves to try to say, I got to do something because I'm not winning. That that doesn't, dropping a good player from your team just to replace him with something different in that situation, it does not make your team better. It is just you trying to change karma, really, at that point. And that's mm-hmm. not a good way to proceed in redraft. I mean, look, if you want to try to make moves, that's fine. But don't overshoot based on your record again at that point. In Dynasty, I'll give you a little bit more flexibility. Like if you're running up against it and you're just like, man, I don't know if I can stick this thing out and I don't want to be caught holding the bag, that might be a different different story. When mm-hmm. you're in Dynasty, Dustin, is there something that jumps off to you as like you've made it this, this far in the season? It's like I was going to give it my all. I, I obviously go, I wasn't in an immediate rebuild from the start of the season, right? Where I just knew like, this mm-hmm. team sucks. I'm not even trying this year. I'm just collecting draft picks, you know, youth. But you were making a go at it. Is there something at this point in the season for Dynasty that is just like this light bulb for you of, I got to get out of here and start a rebuild? Oh, I am actually considering it in one of my Dynasty leagues because I'm sitting at four and four right now. And, you know, when you look at like all play record or like MFL has their power rank, uh, you know, I'm very much on the lower end of the middle of the pack. Uh, So it doesn't make me feel good. But (laughs) on the other hand, I really like my team. I feel like it's underperforming. So it's like. I don't know at this point if I want to have a fire sale. I think if I lose this week, I probably will just start selling off pieces, try to get some of those 23 picks. Yeah. But I mean, well, let's it's look at it tough. from this way then. So if you're in that position and you're saying, I, I'm doing the fire sale, I'm committing to it, I'm out on this year, what, for whatever reason, you're like, I, I'm, I'm not really contending or I don't feel mm-hmm. comfortable doing it. I want to get ahead of the rebuild while I still have a chance. Are there players right now where you're like, these guys are obvious, quote unquote, sell candidates where I should be moving them based on their production? Well, I think anyone that uh, is scoring points for you, really. I mean, you want to mm. collect you want to collect young players in, in trades, whether if even if you're not getting draft picks, you want to collect young players that are on IR that are hurt. So, yes. for instance, you want to get like your Calvin Ridley's or your Javante Williams, Javante Williams, Jamison, Jamison Williams. Like you want to get these guys that are on IR because you still want to lose in some leagues. They go um, for draft order, you know, potential points or bench points. So you don't want to be scoring any points whatsoever um, while still having a legal lineup. So that's kind of my strategy of how I would attack that. 
is that, you know, it, it, especially with the 23 class here, uh, people are so just hoarding these picks. And I think as we get closer to playoff time for the fantasy playoffs, yeah. uh, the teams that are contending will be willing to get rid of those 23 picks. Granted, if they're contending, they're probably going to be later, which doesn't help you a whole lot. Um, but it'll still be helpful. Don't get me wrong. I mean, especially with a class like this next one's supposed to be. But I mean, don't be afraid to go after guys that are on injured reserve that, you know, should come back next year strong. I mean, it's only going to help your team in the long run. They're still young. There's nothing wrong with that. And also, if I just want to say, if you are going into a full rebuild for Dynasty, make sure you have your own first round pick to sure. make that happen. You don't yeah. want to tank and not have your um, own pick because then you're just whoever has that then is going to get a great first round pick. helping so, out these other Jamokes yeah, in your league. That's exactly. You so, so the first thing I would do is try to get that pick back. If you don't have it mm-hmm. just because that's going to be the most valuable pick. I love that. Uh, I want to add on to what you're saying in, in trading away those, you know, performing players. And especially, you know, running backs that are performing should just be off of your lineup at that point. If you are truly a pretender or you're rebuilding, you should be moving those guys nine times out of ten. Very rare exceptions where you can hold on to somebody like that. Again, if there are those guys on IR, Brees Hall, Javante Williams, yeah, absolutely. If there's some young kind of stud guy that you really want to hold on to, I get like Travis Etienne is who I'm thinking mm-hmm. here specifically. Like going to have a lot of utility going forward, that's fine. But everybody else should pretty much be off your roster. Before we move uh, ahead here, Dustin, we did have in the chat, Edward asked us about this trade that he just made. So who do you think won? It was Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, and Lamar Jackson for Jalen Hurts, Jalen Waddle, CeeDee Lamb, and DeAndre Swift. That is a lot. Edward, if you're still in the chat, very curious to know if this is Superflex or not. Uh, that is what we call a big boy trade. That that one is yeah. all the star pieces. But I I think it's um, hands down for me the hurt side. Uh, you're getting younger all around, and you're getting, um, I think, the better players all around. Yeah, to me, it's not even, we're talking contender pretender right now. Mm -hmm. And you could ask that question to Edward and say, are are you really aiming for the championship this year? Are you rebuilding? And I think the answer is the same either way, because I'm with you. And we normally don't agree this quickly on something, (laughs) but that Jalen Hurts, Jalen Waddell, CeeDee Lamb, DeAndre Swift, I mean, these are players that some of them I just failed and whiffed on early in this offseason, evaluating Mm -hmm. DeAndre Swift. Um, and other guys that are just so crazy good right now, Jalen Hurts by himself should be able to get you a Lamar plus right mm-hmm. now. Absolutely. So honestly, a Lamar for net or Hurts is, I would still take Hurts mm-hmm. in that trade. So yeah, I think it's, it's fully the Hurts side as well. Out of that trade, though, again, talking about contenders and pretenders, Dalvin Cook seems like a guy. You better know if you have him on your roster right now if you're truly competing. And if not, 
that's one of those guys you better be looking to trade off of your roster because he's a guy that will put you in limbo. And that's what I want to ask. So, Dustin, are there players where you feel like, I fucking don't know. I don't know if I should be moving them or not based on where I'm standing. Or if I should, should I just hold on just to see? Because maybe next year they'll be just as good or two years from now they'll be just as good. Yeah, I mean. Like Devontae Adams. Let me throw out a Devontae mm-hmm. Adams kind of guy. Getting up there, he's an older wide receiver, but things could turn around, hypothetically. You know, if you are a contender, is Devontae Adams somebody that you would still consider trading for? I think for the right price. Um, but I don't think, I think the owner that or the GM that has Adams isn't going to sell low on him just because he's having a bit of a down stretch here. I, it, it's tricky. I mean, you know, he's talented, but he's, you know, in a worse situation, obviously, from what he saw in Green Bay. So is that is that going to change? It's hard to say, but I mean, that's not necessarily someone I would be targeting because I just don't think that that offense is going to turn things around or Devante suddenly going to be week in and week out like we saw the first week of the season. Uh, you know, like I just, I, yeah, I just don't see that happening. Um, another guy, and I'll get your thoughts on this is someone that's performing really well right now, but kind of reaching that age cliff is Austin Eckler. Like, is he someone like as a contender, I think that's someone you would want to trade for because he is performing, but I think it's, you have to know, like after the season, he's probably going to you know, lose value and it's going to be harder to trade him off your team. Yeah. Austin Eckler, 27 years old. That is him and Aaron Jones. I think both could be argued in the same kind of point. Mm -hmm. Eckler, a higher kind of tier right now. Um, But both are on the same age, both running backs to the position that historically does not sustain production for very long, unless you're fucking Derrick Henry. Cause then it's just life's not fair. And there's Derrick Henry's out in the world (laughs) who just, are better than the rest of us, and we have to deal with it. But guys like Eckler and Aaron Jones, if if you're contending, yeah. If you're a very clear contender, yes. If you're in limbo, if you're sitting there and looking at your all-play record, and it looks good, but not great, and your points for it looks good, but not great, I might have been snake bitten by a couple of injuries, but really I don't have a lot of excuses for kind of being average. Mm-hmm. I cannot in a dynasty league hold on to guys like that because it can blow up in your face because they are good enough that they're getting you a lot of points and then putting you in that middle of the road when it comes to draft picks for the next year, as opposed to not tanking, I don't want to say tanking, mm-hmm. but productively struggling or actively struggling. Those are the guys that I would absolutely be trying to trade away. You know, you, you got to know. I'm sorry, with running backs especially, I hate to keep hammering over the head, but with running backs, you got to know if you're actually contending because if not, there's no worse asset to just hold on to for too long. Mm-hmm. Is there yeah. anything else? Let's talk about... I want to, I feel like we've been a bit negative maybe, but for the ones who are at the cliff and looking to make a push now, mm-hmm. so I feel good enough. I can, we always talk about this. You can scrape your way into the playoffs at the very least. 
and then from there, anything can happen. So I, I, I do, I'm an advocate for that in most situations. So what steps should they be taking at this stage in the season, half over, to try to get there? Yeah, so I would look at possibly, um, you know, if, if you can handle taking zero points on on your roster right now, if you have, you know, some decent depth on your team, target some guys that are on the short-term IR that are going to be coming back later in the season that can help you during that playoff push. So maybe like Hollywood Brown. Um, I know someone you're not a big fan of, but Dobbins. I mean... Assuming he comes back healthy, I mean, we've seen Kenny and Drake, we've seen Gus Edwards, like they've all produced well in that offense. So if he's healthy, he should produce well. And we did see him produce the one week um, where he had a very solid week. So, I mean, maybe look for guys like that, that you can take advantage of them uh, being on IR right now. And and hopefully they come back in time for your, your playoff push. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, can I throw out one more thing for those people on the on the verge? And this is especially true in redraft, but also applicable in dynasty here as well. Honestly, uh, if you use FAB, so if you use dollars where you have to bid on players off of waivers instead of just doing a traditional waiver order, and whoever has priority priority gets the players, you should be burning through that right now. If you have fab left, especially if you have a lot of dollars left, you got to be using that now. There, There's no help on the way. Nine times out of 10, we get to this stage, you're lucky to find anybody even now. Ideally, you would have pretty much already used most of it up trying to get these guys mm-hmm. earlier in the season. But, you know, there's some players out there right now who could potentially make a decent impact on your team. But if you're going to try to lowball, Going into week nine, you're going to be in for a struggle. You should be, I mean, look, if fucking Samare Toure is still is on your waivers, and I'm sure he is, like, I'm blowing fab on him, and that's just not me even as a Packers homer. I mean, it's a little bit as a Packers homer, but, <laughs> like, there is guys like that. You, you're going to have to figure it out and try for them because they're not going to be there later. So... You can pick them up now, stash them on your bench for a couple of weeks. But there's those players, if you like them at all, pick them up. I mean, I'm not saying drop your studs for them, obviously. Or drop well-producing guys. But if you've been holding on to dudes where, like, maybe this is their week and Isaiah Pacheco or whatever, don't, don't hesitate to drop those guys for somebody that's sitting on the waiver as kind of a, a name right now. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, turn over the bottom of your roster of guys that you just haven't started all season. Uh, maybe this is the time where if you have those handcuffs on your team, say you've been holding on to the players like Alexander Madison or Khalil Herbert, um, guys like that where you're like, well, they could have something in this offense. How about trade them to the guy, the the other owner in your te- in your league that has the starter and saying, hey, you know, would you be interested in having the handcuff here as we're getting closer to the playoffs, uh, a little bit more security? Maybe you can get a player back then that has a little bit more upside that you can actually plug into your roster and use on a weekly basis, as opposed to just, 
well, maybe they'll maybe Delvin Cook will get injured again, and and Madison will come in. Like nobody wants to hope for injuries, and right. uh, and chances are that's not going to happen. I mean, that's just a losing wager, in my opinion. The odds. I'm no mathematician, but the odds of injuries happening actually decrease week over week when they haven't already happened because now there's fewer weeks for them to get injured in. And so, uh, again, not just a, a hat rack up here. Mm-hmm. So well done on that, uh, that Dustin. I, good job I don't, on you. Yeah, <laughs> I, good job for us. We're not math-centric on this podcast, but when we are, whew, lights out. Yeah, that's right. All right. Anything else, Jake, here? Any other tips or anything else you want to discuss here before we move on? Uh, be be fast-moving. Be honest with yourself. Truly. I know it's easy to not be. It's easy to look at any roster and go, I bet I could make this work. You know, because it's yours and you love it like a child. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But you have to be willing to step back, especially at this point in the season, and know what's working and what's not working. And the great thing is you have data to actually say that to you now. So uh, it's not all hunches at this point in the season. So Mm -hmm. trust the stats, trust the trends of what's going up and down. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on here. Uh, Look forward, a little behind, a little forward. So um, we want to review our starts of the week from two weeks ago. Um, Do we have to? (laughs) Yes, we 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 have a certain level of accountability we have to keep here, Jake. So yeah, in week seven, um, our starts of the week, uh, Jake, you had Josh Reynolds uh, going against Dallas. This would have looked so much better if TJ Hawkinson had gotten traded back then. (laughs) Maybe. Um, Had to look for a long time to find him on the sheet here. So he came in at wide receiver 86 with 1.8 points. Um, Sorry, Jake. That's just not good. Um, Should have been good. Yeah. I had, however, Gerald Everett versus Seattle, and that worked out much better. Uh, He was tight end six with 11.3 points. So I will take that as a victory, especially with the tight end position. But Jake, who do you have for this week as we're going into week nine? I'm going to totally redeem myself this week uh, with my start of the week, who is Miles Sanders going up against the Houston Texans this week. Uh, Miles Sanders at the start of the year was somebody who was like, boy, he's pretty matchup dependent. Uh, He hasn't turned out to be that way. He's actually been pretty consistently good for fantasy. But this is the week where, like, if you drafted him, he is your RB1. He's as good as, to me, a top five guy this week because the Houston Texans have been so, so bad uh, against running backs all year. They've given up the most fantasy points to them. Here's something that I found interesting, though. The worst production that the running back one on a team has had against them all year was in week two. It was Javante Williams, and he still put up 85 total yards against them. Mm. Everybody else since then crushed that number. I mean, Derrick Henry, he's Derrick Henry, so it's not fair. But last week, we just saw him go off for 228 yards and two touchdowns. The week before that, though, Josh Jacobs, 155 yards, three touchdowns. Travis Etienne had his big breakout game for 114 yards. Austin Eckler, three touchdowns against him, over 100 yards. Khalil Herbert, 169 yards, two touchdowns. It's been like that every single week. 
again, these are some good running backs, but Miles Sanders has proved he's good too. You just have to promise me when you start him, and you obviously have to, don't worry about the first half of the game. The first half is going to look dicey. The Eagles are going to air it out, and some fucker is going to get three touchdowns through the air in the first half, and you're going to be trembling because Miles Sanders wasn't involved. It'll all come in the second half. Don't worry. That's the MO for that team. <laughs> they don't have to throw in the second half. Then it's just Miles Sanders cleanup at absolute worst. Mm-hmm. Well, I have, and I just want to say, I did this. I put, I was putting together the show sheet last night, and I put this in last night. So this was even pre-trade today. Mm. I, I just, I just want to get that all on the table. Uh, my start of the week was Justin Fields going against Miami. Uh, we've seen him perform better the last couple weeks, where he's looked. I mean, it's like a night and day difference, essentially, with what we've seen these last couple weeks. Uh, I don't know what they decided to do uh, offensively for him. If they just kind of let him, uh, if they're finally starting to tailor the playbook around his play style and, and that's what the key is, or maybe the light finally switched for him where he's understanding the playbook better or the speed of the NFL. I don't know. doesn't matter. Point is he has looked terrific. And now, especially with Claypool coming in, in this trade and granted, Claypool probably won't play a ton because it's the first week and, you know, he's got to learn the playbook, but I'm sure they'll have some packages for him or a select number of plays. Uh, but going against this Miami offense, you know, they're going to be scoring points. So Chicago is going to have to air it out to try to keep up because the Miami offense is looking unstoppable Holy most weeks, yeah. especially versus this Bears defense. So, um, so I like Who's this now Liger Roquan Smith, by the way. Yeah, exactly. The leading tackler of the league. Um, so, yeah, that's why I picked Justin Fields, because he's been playing better and they're going to have to try to score points to keep up with this Miami team. Yeah, I, I'm totally good with that. And Miami, I mean, I think people still get caught up in the fact that they kind of like slowed down a Josh Allen in that one mm -hmm. week for like real NFL purposes. But it doesn't matter. Because we're playing fantasy. So I That's like right. <laughs> All right. Okay. You ready to uh you ready to do this damn thing? You ready for my redemption and your fallback into the pits of despair that is our weekly beer bet? Yeah, if that's how you want to look at it, sure. That's how a, a pragmatist would look at it. That's how a, a realist would look at it. Now I <laughs> I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you had chosen the Derek Carr versus Davis Mills. That is correct, sir. Okay. I wanted to make sure that we were on the same page here. So, Dustin, are you willing? Now, you can, you can negate this if you want. You can ask me to pick a different bet if you don't want to put this at stake. Okay. Are you willing to ride with your start of the week? in a head-to-head -head matchup of Tua Tagovailoa versus Justin Fields, who play each other this week. Are you into that at all? Can I take Tua? You can. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look pretty poorly. It's going to reflect pretty poorly on your start of the week, but, you know, okay. if you want to. Okay, my start of the week is because he's not someone you're expecting to do well. I, I, I didn't say, hey, um... 
you know, take Cooper Cup as my start of the week. He he's mm-hmm. gonna get you points. Mm-hmm. You know, these these aren't mm-hmm. obvious players for a start of the week here. No, uh, keep giving excuses. It's great. It's great for well, our Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna take <laughs> no, the two aside. No, 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 no. I was just I'll fucking take, with you. No, I'll take the two aside. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take the two aside. Yeah. Yeah. You're so such there. A... Wow. Now yeah. Now, now, how do you now how do you feel about this? Uh, now I'm going to withdraw because I really just wanted to put you in a bad position <laughs> where you right. had to That's you right. had to default into picking Justin Fields. I'll give you an actual <laughs> I'll give you an actual one here. Here's a legitimate one that I think is actually kind of fun. So right. I want to put together, and it's especially fun because there's a former player that is going against his former team this week. Revenge the Packers day. backfield versus the Lions backfield. Jamal Williams. Obviously, former Packer, along with John Dury Swift, who um, is healthy, mm-hmm. finally back. He's one of your guys there. Versus Aaron Jones, who we saw get finally crazy involved. Like in the worst possible time to get involved, they finally got him really involved when they were trailing by multiple scores all game. Then well, they were and, running uh, in. And, um, 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 oh my Can God. You know him? Yes. Oh my God. I was totally, you saw that. You saw the deer in the headlights look there. Um, yeah. He was, he was finally involved as well in that game. Yeah. So uh, I will take the, the lions backfield. Fair enough. All right. So taking those lions running backs mm-hmm. makes me sad. Um, I also understand it though. So that sounds good. I'll get that in the books for what it's worth. If they can finally keep on their running back, uh, approach against a team where they should actually be competitive all the way through, mm-hmm. then it's a no brainer to me that the Packers should just, you know, utilize the hell out of these guys. So uh, I'll happily take the, the Packers one, but I really do think this could go either way. So I thought this was a legitimately interesting bet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think it could go either way. Uh, obviously the Lions' defense is not very good. So you would hope this would be a, kind of a get right game for this Packers offense. And we should see that backfield do well, but I think end of the day, um, I, I do like that lion's backfield just a little bit more, but it should, gonna, it should be close. It should be close. I'm going to be sad when Jamal William Williams scores three touchdowns against the Packers this week. Well, me too, but for different reasons. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps sniping your John Dory Swift. I, I he know. still manages to be great regardless. I know. All right. Uh, Anything else, Jake, before we get out of here tonight? I don't think so. All right. Well, we've got a bevy of teams on the bye week this week. We've got the Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and 49ers. Um, I think this is one of the worst bye weeks out there of the season. Uh, So good luck, everyone. Do not start those players because they will not get you any points. Uh, Remember to go check your waiver wires. because people will be, especially with these bye weeks, they may be dropping players you're not expecting. Um, and you can snag them up, especially if you can get away with not having to worry about starting them for this week. You could shut yourself up for good uh, positioning here. Uh, maybe make yourself into a, a better contender as the season goes on here. Uh, you did it. Uh, you call it back. You call it back like a professional. Yep. Um, as always, folks, go out, uh, give us a rate and review wherever you... Uh, find your podcast, um, tell your friends about us. It helps everyone find us better. Find my partner in crime here at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. Hit us up 
on our Twitter handle at Drinking Fantasy with all your drunk trades. We want them. We need them. We love to talk about them. Uh, so hit us up there. Or if there's any um, advice you want, I know some leagues do have trade deadlines coming up soon. If you have any trade questions, we are here for you. And until next time, keep drinking and talking fantasy football, folks. Cheers, FFers. <laughs>